The Today Manufacturing Podcast offers a powerful and unique perspective on the biggest stories impacting U.S. manufacturers. Anna Wells, David Manti, and Jeff Ranke apply their experience as editors of industry-leading brands Manufacturing.net and Industrial Equipment News in providing in-depth analysis of the latest headlines. Their insight, along with a mix of humor and human interest, makes Today in Manufacturing a go-to source. Keep pace with supply chain challenges, electric vehicle developments, labor struggles, robotics, and more by listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Today in Manufacturing podcast. Welcome to another episode of Gen Z in Manufacturing, a podcast where I interview young people about their journeys in the manufacturing industry. For this episode, I welcome Bryce Walters, a 26-year-old manufacturing robotics engineer for Lockheed Martin Missiles and Fire Control. Walters' interest in manufacturing began as he grew up with an engineer mother and an air traffic controller father. His first job in the industry was an internship with Indiana Precision Grinding, and during his sophomore year at Purdue University, he had the option to intern with a heavy equipment manufacturer near school or with Lockheed Martin MFC in Orlando. Walters decided to go with Lockheed Martin, and after graduating in 2020 with a degree in mechanical engineering technology, he returned to the aerospace company where he currently designs, integrates, and sustains automated systems. Walters was also recently recognized by SME as one of the 2023 30 Under 30 honorees. Before we get started, we would like to thank our sponsor, Red Zone. Empower your front line while growing your bottom line. QAD Red Zone is the number one connected workforce solution for plants of all sizes. It's time for manufacturers to start engaging their frontline employees, resulting in reduced turnover and increased productivity. RedZone enables you to stop analyzing yesterday and start solving today's problems now. For the first time ever, production, maintenance, and quality teams are following the same playbook. Before we hear from Walters, please like and share this episode of Gen Z in Manufacturing. If you are a member of Gen Z and would like to discuss your experience in the manufacturing industry, please get in touch with me, Nolan Bielstein, at nolan at IN.com. Well, Bryce, thank you for joining Gen Z Manufacturing. My first question was, how did your parents' careers influence your decision to pursue a career in manufacturing? Yeah, so my mom and I actually have the same degree, um, both degrees in mechanical engineering technology from Purdue University. And my dad is a retired air traffic controller. And so growing up, the conversation around the dinner table was um, very much... Uh, very much surrounded um, engineering, how things worked, airplanes, what was what happened at my dad's day at work and what my mom learned in college or um, at her job. Um, my wife has noticed it when I brought her around and she's like, the conversation in your family is different than mine. And so um, it's been it's definitely something that I would say that I'm a product of my environment in that regard. Um, so you're explaining to me that when you were in college, you had a decision for internships and you chose ultimately chose Lockheed Martin. What went into your decision when you had that choice between interning with a heavy equipment manufacturer and Lockheed Martin? You know, I knew I was more interested in turbine engines than, you know, just your general reciprocating engines. Um, I knew that was just of more interest to me. You know, some people have different preferences. Um, but for me, um, the appeal to, um, work with, um, I guess more high end, uh, expensive technologies, um, where something that we're trying to sell to a consumer versus something we're trying to sell, um, to a government, um, just the price tags a lot different. And so the technology is a lot different. Um, and so I think because of that, um, 
I ended up choosing to intern with Lockheed instead of the heavy equipment manufacturer. Um, and sometimes like I, I still like wonder um, if that really would have made a difference here or there. Um, because like, to be honest, like, you know, working in a place where we manufacture very high level technologies, um, it probably, I would say the pizzazz wore off in like six months since being there full time. Um, because, you know, sometimes when you just get into the nitty gritty of, you know, we got to keep this tolerance, you just get fed up and you're like, I wish I was making solo cups instead. But um, I guess for me, I, I haven't regretted the decision by any means. Um, and I would definitely say that it's it's challenged me um, to grow in um, thinking outside the box just because aerospace manufacturing is is generally going to end up being higher mix, lower volume um, as compared to heavy equipment or something like that. Uh, what about Lockheed made you want to work there full time after your internship? Yeah, so my first internship with Lockheed Martin was in Orlando, Florida. Um, I really, really enjoyed the internship. I enjoyed working for the company. I felt well supported by my leaders, um, really set up um, with good skills that summer. Um, but I didn't find Orlando, Florida, a place I love to be. At the end of the summer, you know, they have your review session and, um, you know, it's kind of where you make your pitch of like, hey, take me back next summer, take me back full time, uh, you know, kind of whatever your situation is. And I was honest with them. I said, you know, I really enjoyed working this job. I really enjoyed um, my time here at the company itself, but I don't see myself in Orlando, Florida for a long time. Um, just you know, when it came to like interests I had in my personal life, it just wasn't the spot for me. Um, and so um, we had a sister site, um, which is now the site that I work at in Grand Prairie, Texas, which is uh, just outside of Dallas. And I asked them, could I potentially get a return offer to Dallas slash Grand Prairie? Um, and they obliged. And um, that summer that I worked in, uh, Grand Prairie as an intern, so that was before my senior year of college, um, was even better than the one in Orlando. Um, my leadership was awesome again. Um, it felt like I was given the opportunity to take a lot of risks um, and actually design something for myself. Um, I worked in tool design that summer, um, so I got a good taste of design work um, targeted towards manufacturing, which was really um, beneficial um and just to my skill set in general in problem solving um and so at the end of that summer uh i was definitely chomping at the bit to get a return offer and thankfully i did you mentioned that you kind of you're pretty honest with them and said you didn't want to live in in orlando did you ever feel like that was a risk in and of itself that like might not be inviting you back at all or did you feel like it was it was worth it to take that chance um, I felt like it was worth it to take the chance, you know, throughout the internship, um, people have been, or I guess kind of the leadership, leadership surrounding the internship itself, maybe not so much of like my direct report, um, but like the HR folks surrounding, um, the internship from the beginning were, you know, just saying, you know, Lockheed Martin's a global company. If you decide that you want to work in 
Colorado. We can probably work with that. You know, just be honest with your manager. And so it did feel like a little risky um, to ask that because I, I mean, personally, I hadn't really, I, I, you know, I'm a college kid. Like, what do I, in like my mind, really have to offer Lockheed Martin, this, you know, the largest defense contractor in the world or whatever. But I really um, felt a piece about being honest and telling them the truth. Um, and I don't know, I just think that's generally something that like I see personally in my own life is when I tell the truth, things seem to, to pan out. Do you think that's a mindset among Gen Z? I mean, I think traditionally it was kind of, you know, do whatever the job asks of you, go where you're told. But now, I mean, the story you just explained, do you feel like most of your colleagues your age have that same mindset? I would say that's, that's probably true. My, I, I see this a lot in my little brother. I, I would kind of coin myself as a zillennial, uh, being 26. I'm really at like kind of the, the oldest category in Gen Z. Um, and so I see like myself as like kind of Gen Z, but my little brother is so Gen Z. Like he does, he does all the Gen Z things, wears the Gen Z clothes, says the Gen Z phrases. I learned what mid was the other day and that kind of made me feel old. Anyways, um, my little brother, um, I see that in him a lot. Um, and other Gen Z folks that I've interacted with, um, you know, they're honest, um, and they don't, I don't know. I think Gen Z just in general has an understanding that, um, life is short. Um, and that, I don't know, I think kind of the, the situation with, um, why a lot of people, um, would go along with the, you know, just do what you're told, head down, go forward. Um, it's kind of like this mentality that your brain uh, or the, the rest of your body is really just to carry around your brain, um, which doesn't really pay mind much to uh, emotions. And um, I guess you could say the whole person of how you're feeling. Um, and I feel like Gen Z really has a, a more holistic approach to um, personhood, uh, especially in relation to their career. How has your role evolved at Lockheed Martin and what are your current duties? Yeah, so I started out as a shop floor manufacturing engineer, um, supporting mechanical assembly. But I think at the end of the day, if you were to summarize that all into one thing, it's get good product out the out the door on schedule, right? It's like like we have to we have to supply to the customer. And so uh, from there, um, I moved into a similar role, basically the same responsibilities, but in a machining shop on site. Um, but then I was in that role as a shop floor ME for maybe a year and a half total. And then I had the opportunity um, to work or I guess to move over to a new team at our site. Uh, we call it Mantech for short, but it's manufacturing technology team. Um, it's just young guys like me who are interested in um, designing and integrating um, and sustaining automated manufacturing systems. Our team primarily focuses, um, obviously, you know, we start with the the parts where we have the most volume. And but I guess with that in mind, knowing that that part, you know, if the government decides they don't want that anymore, we have to figure out something else to put that automation to use on. Um, so if we buy a robot arm um, and some peripherals with it, we're always thinking, 
you know, how could I repurpose this for another part if this one, you know, the government decides they don't want anymore. Um, and so it's very, it's very um, agile. We have to be very agile. Um, and it's also, I don't know, I would say that's where a lot of the challenge comes in um, is because a lot of the um, automation systems that automated systems that we're integrating really aren't um i guess a lot of the automation we're doing hasn't been done before um at least for the products that we're doing them on so um it's it's very exciting and i enjoy this this position a lot more rather than um i don't know it felt like in the initial um in the initial role i was i mean not from like a quality standpoint but you know, it felt like you were kind of doing the least amount possible just to get it out of the door, you know, meeting the engineering requirement. And so it was throw as much time and labor as the thing as possible or as, as required. You know, we don't we need it now. We don't need to do it like the most efficient way possible. We need it now. Um, whereas now, you know, I get to think some more lean thoughts, which is really great. I really enjoy that. When you think back during your internships with Lockheed, what about how they ran that intern program made you most prepared for your current career? Yeah, I would say it had to be um, the level to which they entrusted us to take risks. Um, obviously, like they didn't entrust, they didn't like put us in a situation where if we messed up, like we were going to send a bad missile out the door. Um, it wasn't anything like that, but it was like they gave us real responsibility. But I would say the first place that I got um, uh, a lot of responsibility in an internship was actually my first internship out of college. It was with a small grind shop in Indy called Indiana Precision Grinding. Um, I had no experience whatsoever. I just completed freshman level courses at Purdue, which are basically like, can you do math? at an engineering level can you do physics at an engineering level there's really no like actual like practicals that you learn um especially for like a, a machine shop environment and so um they were very patient with me at at indiana precision grinding and um that was the place that i learned to really reason hard and um the first place that actually entrusted me to take risks um but i would say if like to to a young person who is looking for internships, um, there is absolutely no shame in going for an internship with a really small company, um, because more likely than not, the smaller the company, the more likely they are to let you take risks during your internship, um, and letting letting I don't know them letting you take risks actually really builds your skill set quite a bit. When you talk to other people your age that went into similar fields as you, what are some traditional characteristics of manufacturing internships that you think need to be better changed to suit Gen Z workers? Yeah, I think some things that I've seen, I've seen some like, I've, uh, I've seen internships where um, they just basically were making PowerPoints all summer. It's just like, no one wants to do that. No one learns by doing that. No one gets any skills by doing that. Um, I, I don't know. Like you don't, you don't learn the business by making PowerPoints all summer. Like I've seen people in like quality internships and they'll, you know, just have the quality intern 
you know, hey, here's this process on a sheet of paper. Can you just make a PowerPoint with some pictures to like outline this to like a new hire inspector or something like that? You're just like, golly, man, that that no one benefits from that. You know, the 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 intern spends, you know, three months making a PowerPoint that could have been done in two weeks. Um, and, you know, especially like in internships where you present at the end of the summer, if like that's the work you were given like there's there's not a whole lot to feel proud of in that and i i feel like that's that's you know putting the the intern at a, a real disadvantage uh career wise and so i would say yeah I, I i that's so frustrating to me is when interns aren't giving aren't given um responsibilities that challenge them um cuz no one's challenged by making powerpoints at least in manufacturing industry when yeah anyways how would you go about being in charge of a gen z intern trying to get into your field if you can give the intern one big project or maybe two big projects um and then you know like just some like small low-hanging things to like keep themselves busy you know because sometimes you know when you have a big project there's roadblocks and you can work yourself up to a point but you got to wait till something gets delivered and that's going to be two weeks somebody sits still for two weeks you need something else to do i guess for my internship in tool design at lockheed i was given um the responsibility to modify a um i guess a material handling tool um, there was some issues with it that the operator said eh, it's unsafe for this reason and um, so I was given the opportunity to like fix the tool, um, you know, that someone else had designed and they did a fine job, but honestly, sometimes you just don't know operator preference. Um, and so I guess in the end, um, it required me to work with the tool design team in house. Um, you know, some guys who just had designed some amazing, amazing equipment, um, and they were able to give me pointers, you know, and then also I had to interface with operators and say, hey, you know, this is the current design. I noticed, you know, we saw this this request to modify this tool. You know, what do, what do you actually want? Like, what do, what do you actually need? Um, and so teaching, I guess, giving the interns the opportunity to interface not only with um, just really, really wise and intelligent engineers, but also um, giving them the opportunity to um, interface with really, really seasoned operators, um, people who know what it's like on the floor day in and day out. That skill is so invaluable. And so those two together really, um, I guess, empowered me um, over the summer and really improved my ability to design well a common thing i'm hearing among people that have been on this podcast is that they're looking for a sense of purpose at their jobs do you get this do you get this sense of purpose full-time at lockheed martin yeah i mean for sure i i think it's really like when i started out we weren't um i guess lockheed martin specifically um was weren't we weren't really supplying any of our materials or none of our materials were being used in any conflicts worldwide. Um, but since um, the conflicts in Ukraine and Israel have risen, um, now my business area specifically, um, they're using 
material from, or both conflicts are using material that um, we manufacture um, at Lockheed Martin. And so um, it's definitely something that you you look at and and realize, you know, like the stuff I make matters to people. Um, and I guess this is kind of where I would say a lot of what I do differentiates from working with the heavy equipment manufacturer. You know, heavy equipment manufacturer, I, I was driving down the interstate in Indiana the other day around Christmas time, and I saw a really, really big dump truck at a coal mine. I was like, wow, that's such a big dump truck. That helps keep the lights on. It makes power for everyone's houses. That's awesome. But working at Lockheed Martin, it's it's different. It's, wow, that interceptor missile that we made, it kept these innocent people from dying. That's that's really crazy. That's amazing that I have the opportunity to do something like that. Um, so I would definitely say that's that's where, or I guess that's where and how the um, the meaning in my job comes. Um, I guess on a grand scheme, but I think day to day, sometimes it's hard for me to really um, connect with that. Um, the work that I do being meaningful at somewhere I've never been before. Um, I think at the end of the day, for me, uh, I guess from day to day, the meaning really comes in interactions with my coworkers um, and being being kind and, and loving to them and um, you know, hearing how they're doing and how life is going for them and you know what's going on with their family, what they did last weekend. Um, and just being a good friend and a good coworker. Um, I, I think that's where a lot more of, I guess, what I feel on a day-to-day, -day, I guess I, I see it more there than I do with conflicts that are actually happening overseas that are using our products. Thank you for watching this episode of Gen Z Manufacturing. Please make sure to like and share the episode. If you are a member of Gen Z and would like to discuss your experience in the manufacturing industry, please contact Nolan Biostein at nolan.ien.com.